0: Welcome to Centerpoint Church, where we're all about loving and leading people to a life-changing connection with Christ. We're so excited that you decided to join us today, and we believe that no matter where you're listening from, this message will enhance your connection with Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Aren't you grateful that you get to live your life on the foundation of the grace of Jesus Christ? Aren't you thankful that every single day, every single day you open up your eyes and take a breath, that there's no doubt that you're loved, that you, you are protected, and that you're shielded, And that you have a place with your heavenly Father forever. This security is your greatest reward and blessing. Knowing that this is where you live. Surrounded by his favor as a shield. Standing on the solid ground of Christ himself. That you get to build your life on. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. This one doesn't have any rhythm, so I just want to sing this. I want to sing. Praise your name, Lord Jesus. Praise your name, Lord Jesus. You're my rock. You're my fortress. You're my deliverer, in you will I trust. I praise your name, Lord Jesus. And I'm calling on the Holy Spirit. Almighty river, come and fill me again. I'm calling on the Holy Spirit. Almighty river, come and fill me. Almighty river, come and fill me again. You know, we're, we're singing this, but for some of us, we feel a bit like a spectator. We're listening to some other people around us that seem to kind of know this song or, or, or already have that desire. And for some of us that we feel like we're just standing and, and watching something, I'm pleading with you to take a step by faith, even in this moment, to say, no, me too, God. Not just those ones up over there. Me too, God. Yeah. Me too, God. I, I want your spirit to flow into me. Let this be a, a prophetic moment for you. Maybe you're somebody who goes, I don't really, I don't really sing that stuff. You know, I let other people do that singing. I don't even know. Just take a step of faith and begin to ask him. I'm calling on the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're saying, well, but I don't know if I can sing it. Could you say it with me? Just say it with me. I'm calling on the Holy Spirit. Almighty river, come and fill me again. For some of you, it's been a long time since you've experienced the filling of the Spirit. It's like a distant memory. Like when you were a kid, you had encounters with God. He touched your life. He showed you things. He revealed something to you. And you've been wandering. And somehow you wandered in here in this moment today but it's because you're made to live this way. You're made to live as a person who, despite what's happened, you you know already from what we've done today that's under the blood. Forgiveness is yours and you get to cry out, I'm calling on you, Holy Spirit, fill me again. I don't want to go on empty. You were not made to be living on empty. Just say the phrase with me one more time, say it. I'm calling on the Holy Spirit, Almighty River, come and fill me again. I'm calling on the Holy Spirit, Almighty River, Almighty River, come and fill me Again. Sing it again, I'm calling. I'm calling on the Holy Spirit. Almighty river, come and fill me again. Come and fill me again. Oh come and fill me Lord. Come and fill me. Come and fill us, Lord. Come and fill me again. We give you thanks, God. We give you thanks and praise, Lord. We love you, Lord, our God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord. All right, well, uh, I want you to take a moment right now and turn around and high five somebody or at least elbow bump somebody if you're not feeling well or something and tell someone you're glad they're here. Find someone else, do the same thing. Do it three times and then have a seat. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Mr. Steele. Whew. Wow, thank God for, thank God for loosely fitting untucked shirts after Christmas. (laughs) Thank you, God, also for another month of no haircuts. Yes, at least that applies to me. In case you're wondering, I'm kind of, uh, I'm heading towards rocking the Casey Dutton. If you know, you know. If you don't know, that's probably a good thing. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'm in that awkward phase. I I really, I'm kind of, I'm like wanting to, to grow the hair out a little bit long and see what happens. Uh, But in the in the meantime, it's just a little awkward. But you know, I was thinking about this. Actually, all all of our life are a little bit awkward because we're never done. We're never there. We're we're never uh, arrived. And we keep on being transformed. And that's what I want to talk to you about today is uh, the way that God is on the move doing that, wanting to do that, continuing to do that, and will keep on doing that. And I'm excited to share a message with you today about progress, but I want to begin this way. So uh, for a few years, I have had uh, my eyes on some, some boots that I really wanted. It's been like five or six years since I've gotten a new pair of boots. And truth is, the old boots that I had were just fine. I mean, they were worn on the heel a little bit, but they weren't good enough that you would get them rehealed. They weren't that kind of boot. But so I've been really wanting some new boots. And a couple of, my mom asked me, what do you want? I said, I'd like these boots. And my wife asked me what I'd like. And I, I said, I'd like these boots. And, and so for Christmas this year, I got two great new pairs of boots. And I'm really excited about them. I'm wearing them now. You can't see them if you're for the back. But I even cuffed my jeans in honor of these new boots. And I didn't do that before, but these are cuff-worthy. <laughs> so, but these boots that I got, I have really been uh, looking at them literally for a few years. They'd pop up, and, and then you know social media knows, ah, this guy likes our boots. And they keep throwing them in my face all the time. And uh, for literally a few years, like I had my eye on those boots, like some of you have your eyes on a certain bag, right? Like it, for me, it's kind of like that. And so this year, I finally got these boots, and they're, they're amazing. I'll show you in case you can't see them. I uh, have a couple of pictures of them. I like them that much, so I'll show them to you. Like they're good boots, man. They're exciting. They're like, and if you stand next to me, you're going to be like, oh, wow, you're taller. Yes, I am. <laughs> but these boots, they're they're. they're Dirty. Uh, they, they have this, these, these, these. Uh, they, you know, they're fancy on the top, but rugged on the bottom, and they are a prophetic message. Oh, you're laughing. I'm telling you, they're a prophetic message for me. I waited till today to actually put them on and wear them out, and and it's it's a prophetic message for me. I'm starting this new year in new boots. And, and they're not cheap boots off the, the, the sail rack. These are some incredible, and it's a prophetic message. And yes, they're fancy on the top with some nice stitching on the top, but don't let that fancy top fool you. They're ready. They're ready for the rocks. They're ready for the rumble if I have to. These boots, my wife got them for me, and she says, I don't know if you're gonna like them, because each boot weighs about four or five pounds. And they do, they're heavy. I'm gonna get a calf workout just walking around. But these boots are heavy, and that means if I ever do need to swing this leg up on you, I'm ready to rumble. These boots, it's, I'm joking, not joking. These are a prophetic message, and it's a, it's a prophetic stance that I'm taking, that I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere, and for where I'm going, I want to look right. I want it to look a little bit fancy. But I'm going somewhere, and I need to be ready for where it gets rough. And I got both. And it's a prophetic message, actually, of what has been done for me in the Spirit and what has been done for you in the Spirit. And that's what I'm talking about today. I'll get there in a few moments. But before I dive into the Scriptures, and we'll spend a little bit of time in Philippians chapter 3, I want to share a prophetic word with you. And I'll go out on a limb and do this. Uh, This is not something I do often, but I, I want to preface it like this. If you've never received a corporate prophetic word before, uh, you should understand that I'm a fallible human that does not, uh, I'm not trying to say I'm the spokesman for God, but I'm your pastor, and I pray for you and seek the heart of God for you, and I bring a prophetic word, and when you hear something that's called a prophetic word, the Bible says you should test it and hold to what is good, but that means that there should be moments where we receive prophetic words. And sometimes they're private, and it's rare that they're going to be a public corporate word. But I've sought the Lord for a prophetic word this morning. I got up to read the Bible and pray, and I sometimes approach that time like this: I open my journal, and I just simply say, "Lord, what do you want me to read in Your Word today?" And I jot down a few addresses in the Bible that I'm going to turn to, and I know that God's going to speak to me in them, and. Uh, This morning in particular, I wrote down three different scriptures, but one, the first one emphatically in the spirit for me was John 12. And uh, and then after I wrote down those scriptures, I got my Bible and I literally flopped it open and it's a a new Bible that didn't have any fold marks anywhere and it literally plopped right open to John 12 and I kicked my head back and just sort of chuckled. (laughs) I'm like, I see what you're doing there. Lord. But so I, I began to pray and ask the Lord for a, a prophetic word for for my life and for our lives together. And so I'm going to read this because I, I think it, it may have something for you. It may, it may be 100% all for you, or it may be 10% for you. But I'm going to share this. I'm going to read this. I'll, uh, I'll uh, put it out there later today or on uh, on my Instagram in case you want to see it again or hear it again. But let me just read this. Really jumping from John 12 and John 12, 24 in particular. This is is what I sense God saying. 2023 shall be for you a year marked by a plentiful harvest of new life. Where there have been opportunities you lost, relationships that died, dreams that have died, I plant the victory of my name and my resurrection power. Where there has been death and loss, I will bring forth a plentiful harvest of new life. At first, it will only look like a little, the way a few green shoots first piercing the ground don't seem like much, but then I will bring the rain. And the growing and increase will be unstoppable. In your life, in your relationships, in your family, in your work, In your business this year shall be marked by a plentiful harvest of new life. Like any harvest, your effort will be required. But the effort of bringing forth the bounty is the kind of effort that satisfies. So bring the effort. Bring the effort of your creativity, your relationship building with intentionality, your willingness to start it, to study it, to sell it, to share it, to tell about it, to improve it to create it, to write it, to run towards it, to pray into it, and watch me add the fuel and fire of my presence and see how I cause the favor and the growing and the bounty and the blessing to abound. Yes, this year shall be marked by a plentiful harvest of new life, new friendships, new memories, new opportunities, new businesses, new income streams, new ministries, new partnerships, new experiences of my kingdom, presence, and power, new songs, books, classes, courses, and films, new products for you to launch, new people to share my gospel with, new levels of physical healing, new kinds of miraculous breakthroughs. Watch for the little green shoots, and then prepare to do your part for the harvest. It's not just a new year. It's a new season that will be and will bring a plentiful harvest of new life. Yeah. So, I'm sharing that as your pastor as a, a corporate prophetic word. And I, I, I humbly submit that to you as a, a fallible human vessel. You should never assume That one person gets to always say everything that's 100% from God. You should assume that God will sometimes bring a word from his spirit through a human vessel. And then you should test it and hold to what's good. And for some of you, there, there were two or three things that I said that you're like, ah, yes, hold on to it. I'm telling you, I'm sharing this as a prophetic word sought after in the presence of the Lord. And when there is a prophetic word, you should grab hold of it. And then you should also pray into it personally, and you should seek the Lord for how he will bring his blessing in that word into your life. So so I'm not not just throwing this out like candy. Do you understand? A prophetic word actually requires your participation. When you hear a prophetic word, I'm glad a few of you said, amen, clap, clap. But no, the hard work is for you to say, God, I'm going to hold on to that with you in your presence. I'm going to come to you for that. And I'm going to ask for your empowerment over it. And watch, watch what he does as you do. Prophetic words bring an opportunity for testimony. And what I'm hoping is that by the end of this year, we will be able to say, let's hear the testimonies of how God fulfilled that word that was spoken. I'm believing him for it. So Lord, I do ask that you would bring the power of your spirit into that word, uh, the complete entirety of it, or some portion of it, as you see fit into all of our lives. And I pray, God, that we would be people of testimony produced by the prophetic power of your spirit in our lives. Thank you in advance, in Jesus' name, (laughs) amen. So I want to spend a little bit of time today uh, in the book of Philippians and uh, I'm going to be turning in, uh, in a moment to Philippians chapter 3. And in this part of the scripture, the apostle Paul is speaking about himself. And uh, he, he speaks about himself in an interesting way. He talks about himself in terms of all the amazing things that he had accomplished. He talks about himself. I mean, some people would look at, at him sometimes and go, man, why are you so you know, focused on yourself? But he's just willing to allow his own life to be a, a lens through which people can see some of the goodness and glory of God, saying, I'm a testimony. <laughs> but part of it was in this part of Philippians, he's saying, man, I, I have a testimony. I was an amazing part of the Jewish community. I was an incredibly well-trained Pharisee. He, he describes his accolades. He describes his accomplishments. He describes uh, his achievements and and how other people regarded him. And you'd kind of expect that after he does that, talks about himself and what he'd accomplished and what he'd done and, and all that he'd gained and all that he'd gone through, you, you'd sense that maybe what would come next would be something like, And what a great, uh, satisfying thing it's been to do all of that amazing stuff. You'd kind of expect that, except that's not at all what happened. So just jumping into Philippians 3, verse 7 and following, what Paul says next after describing all his accolades and accomplishments and achievements is this. He says, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my lord for whose sake i've lost all things i consider them garbage that i may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yeah, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. This is where I want to begin uh, this message on this New Year's Day. I want to, I want to ask you to consider the, the gains for a moment. Consider the gains. And let me ask just one question. What are... What are some of the gains that you're hoping your goals will lead to in this coming year? It's not a trick question, but I do want you to mull it over a little bit. What are the gains you are hoping for in this coming year? Like, just think about it for a minute. Some of you, you already have a list. And this is day one. You've already worked through, you know, 30% of them. I don't know. But others of us, you, do, you need to think right now, what are my gains that I'm looking forward to this coming year. For some of us, I mean, maybe we're taking it very literally and we immediately are uh, mentally in the gym and and going, yeah, I want the gains. I want the gains. Personally, yes, I would like some gains in my muscle mass. Like I would like to be able to bench press something that starts with a two sometime at least once in 2023. That's, I mean, that's a gain I'm looking forward to. Some of you might have gains in mind. Uh, You might have Gains related to your finances that you're praying for, hoping to, for, working towards. And you might have gains related to uh, the family. And, and maybe the gains that you would experience in your family would look like more uh, experiences of healthy connection with each other. Or, or maybe your gains are in your marriage. And you've got some specifics in mind for what gains in the marriage of your marriage area of your marriage would look like. Or others, you have gains in the area of your your spiritual life. That would be good. Maybe it's, I'm going to do the one-year Bible plan, and I'm going to check that box. I'm going to have a streak every single day of this year. I don't know. But I do know this. I do know that what, what I'm challenged to do today is to reconsider the gains. That's the title of my message, and I just want you to say it. Reconsider the gains. Just say it. Reconsider the gains. I don't mean necessarily uh, to brush them off the table. I just mean that there's there's a reframing, a kind of radical reframing that we actually need to be willing to do. I see in Philippians 3, the Apostle Paul being used by the Holy Spirit to say, look at me. I'm an example. I'm a testimony. And what I found was... It's not all about those gains. I know, I know. It's weird to hear this on New Year's Day. You're going, wait a minute. I put a lot of work into putting my goals on a thing on the bulletin board. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Nevertheless, it's okay to reframe and reconsider the goals and see to it that they become secondary. Secondary. That's what I'm What I'm asking you to consider doing, it's it's what I read in Philippians 3.10. Paul said, all all of those gains are are trash. That's literally his word, rubbish, garbage, compared to this, compared to knowing Jesus. So Paul says in verse 10, he says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. Would you read that verse with me out loud? Ready, Go. I want to know Christ. To, yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings. Keep it on the screen for a moment. I want, keep it up there. Don't take it away. I want you to evaluate whether this statement is true about you. I want you to consider right now, out of all of the things you've said, this is what I'm going after this year. This is what I want to get. This is what I want to achieve. Does this, this rank for you? And has there been a moment in which maybe there's a quickening, a a work of the Holy Spirit inside of you to say, let's recalibrate. And and this is maybe the most important resolve you could ever have, is to resolve, I want to know Christ. Once you say it, every voice, even if you're not sure if this applies to you, even if you're not sure if you believe this, would you just try saying the words out loud with me? Ready? Go. Go. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering. When you know Christ, things change. When you know Christ, when you know Christ Jesus, when you know Christ, (laughs) when you know Christ, you live in an increasing experience of encounter with God himself. When you know Christ, you know and live in the dimension and the reality in which you know that everywhere you walk, you carry the authority of God to bring healing and deliverance and miraculous breakthrough. When you know Christ, you live in the increasing experience of wisdom from God flowing into you for you and then through you for others. When you know Christ, you experience the power of the Spirit of God to come upon you so that you walk in self-control and self-constraint even, so you stay out of the dog pile. When you know Christ... You live in an increasing experience of the Spirit of God showing off through you. And I want to ask you, don't you want that? I, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. Just say that part of it. I want to know Christ. For some of you, this is uniquely applicable to you because you're brand new to this whole deal. You just came to church because it was New Year's Day. You're figuring out turn over a new leaf, whatever. This is the most important resolve you could ever have is to say, I want to know Christ. And you know what's crazy to me? Consider who wrote what we just read. The Apostle Paul. The one who was used by God to author, under the inspiration of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, one-third of the New Testament. And he's saying, I want want to know Christ. (laughs) What that tells me is that there is a lot more that there's so much more uh, uh, of a room for me to actually know him. And I wonder if you could humble yourself like the Apostle Paul did to say, he is so much more than than I've ascertained with my mind. (laughs) And there is so much more to experience of him, to learn of him, to see a demonstration of in my life. I want to know Christ. Would you just say it? I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. If the apostle Paul could say after decades of serving Jesus and bringing the word of God so much that he's the author inspired by the spirit of it to say I want to know Christ and me too. Sign me up. I want to know you Jesus. I want to know you more in your resurrection and in your death. I want to know you more. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Would you begin 2023 with this resolve? I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. Say it again. I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ in in my life in every way. I want to know Christ in my dreams and ambitions. What what would he think? And how would he want me to pursue the dreams and ambitions that are rolling around in my brain? and, And how would he bring a kingdom glistening of glory into those dreams and ambitions so that I could walk into them in a way that wasn't just selfish? I wanna know Christ. I wanna know Christ in my work. I wanna know Christ in my work life. Like, how would Jesus show up with that, that grumpy boss I gotta deal with, right? And, and how would Jesus, what would knowing Jesus, and, and how would he show up with those colleagues that I always have so much tension with? I wanna know Christ there. I wanna know Christ in, in, some of you might need to say, I wanna know Christ in my business. And, and how to be a kind of a boss that loves the people that work w- for me so well that they know the goodness of God because of how I show up in their lives as a boss. Like, I, I want to in my, in my know Christ in my marriage. I like want to know Christ in my marriage. How would Jesus show up and want to show up with, with more forgiveness, with more love, with more mercy, with more romance? I, I would want to know Christ in my singleness. How, how, Would Christ, Jesus himself, operate with the the tension between desires and a need for satisfaction and a desire for holiness and purity and desires and dreams for the future? How would Christ show up in in singleness? I want to know Christ in every aspect of my life. Would you just say it? I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ in the church. I want to know Christ in the church. How how <laughs> Jesus want to move and operate and touch people and bring breakthrough and establish a miraculous, a miraculous level of his presence? How, how would that be? I want to know Christ. Say it with me. I want to know Christ. Say it again. I want to know Christ. <laughs> I want to know Christ in this world. I want to know Christ beyond the church walls, which are glorious and I love. But I want to know Christ out in our community, dealing with somebody who hates God and might even spray paint on a church building because they don't like the Christian guy who's coming to do a worship concert in San Diego. I want to know Christ. It's like, how would he respond to the the layer upon layer of sin that's in our world, I want to know Christ, and I want to know what is my place in walking with Christ in this world. Just shout it. I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. I want to know Jesus. I really do. I want to know him. And Paul, in a sense, by saying, I want to know Christ in the power of his resurrection and in the participation of his sufferings, is saying, listen, I know you want it only to ever be up and to the right. But to fully know Christ, you must be able to dance on the mountaintop with his resurrection power and wade and trudge through that muddy valley of the shadow of death also. And to know that he's present in both and that you overcome and rise up in and through both. And to fully know Christ requires both the participation in his suffering and The experience of the power of his resurrection. And so as you walk into this new year, be on the lookout for both. Be on the lookout for where he is maybe even going to allow you to participate in his sufferings. It's not that I desire that. I just know that it's part of the story in the word of God of a whole and healthy life in knowing Christ is that I'm ready for the participation in his sufferings that I may be allowed to experience somehow. Will I deny that? Will I say no? Or will I say, this is is part of knowing Christ? Because I want to know Christ. Christ who wept drops of blood because of what he was about to face. I want to know Christ. How did he deal with the pressure and the tension of a moment like that? And what did it create inside of him? And what would it look like for me to walk through some moments where I will have a need of that kind of desperation of the presence of my God? I want to know him in the the glory of the resurrection power. You better believe it. I also want to know, I want him to know I'm willing to walk into the participation of his sufferings to whatever degree it may be required or allowed unto me amen Amen. come on somebody amen Amen. you're like wait can we go back to the resurrection part of the equation (laughs) yes we can because ultimately that is where we stand in the amazing ground of the resurrection power of jesus verse 12 paul says i have not already obtained all this Phrases it differently, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. What I find in the scripture is this overarching principle of progress. Many of us would know the verse in 2 Corinthians 3, 16 to 18, which describes our journey as one in which we move from glory to glory that is the journey you're on. And it's a journey of progress. And as we're thinking about this new year, I'm glad for any of us that have goals. But I would suggest that what would serve a lot of us would be within those goals or maybe over those goals or under those goals, however, would be to, to set priorities that you can live into. Because the priorities will flow from your values and your ability to make progress will be the result of your motivation leading to your action according to your prioritization and so for me it it, be, it becomes essential to decide these are the priorities this year these are the priorities And if you can determine some measurable goals, great. But the priorities will continue whether you uh, hit a 10 or a 7 or a 1. And and to allow the priority to be there for you as a benchmark heading into this year. What are some of the priorities that you feel stirring inside of your soul? Would there be a priority for you to become a a person that has more to you? Like Maybe you're going to Have a priority to learn some new hobbies or develop a musical side of you? Whatever. Is the priority to become somebody through whom the Holy Spirit is flowing more? Do you have a priority to become a a better steward of the funds and the money that God allows you to earn? Do you have a priority for getting up off of your butt to do the thing that actually a year ago you knew you were supposed to do? Was that a little too harsh? <laughs> Somebody, you needed to hear it just like that. But, but the priorities are going to allow you to have informed action, and that's going to lead to the progress. So Paul says in verse 12, one more time, no, he says, under the inspiration of the Spirit, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal. What I see Paul doing here is, is saying, I have not arrived. It, it's Paul saying, I know, you can see I'm the Apostle Paul and I've done a lot, but even I, I'm not going to settle for where I am. There's still so much more. And I would suggest to you that this is a, a resolve to head into a new year with, to decide to say, I don't settle for being stuck. And that's a resolve I wanna ask you to say out loud with me. I don't settle for being stuck. Say it with me. I don't settle for being stuck. Just say it again. I don't settle for being stuck. And I wanna suggest maybe some of you need to hear this. You have been stuck. You've been stuck in regret, you've been stuck in bitterness, you've been stuck in despair, you've been stuck in inertia, not moving. And it's time to say inside of yourself, I don't settle for being stuck. (laughs) There's too much possibility. There's too much opportunity. There's too much greatness of God. For me to just settle for being stuck in my pain, in my despair, in my bitterness, in my offendedness, uh, whatever victim place you're defining as your current place to camp out. It's time to say, I don't settle for being stuck. Say it again. I don't settle for being stuck. Let this be a a calibrating principle for your life for this coming year. I don't settle for being stuck. I may go through some moments of deep pain. But I'm not building a the house there. Yeah. I may experience being offended, but I'm not going to allow myself to be stuck there as though that offense were made out of cement around my feet. Right. Yeah. I am not settling for being stuck in regret. Right. And I got I to gotta keep, keep moving, but I just want to ask you to consider this question if you feel stuck. When did that start? When did you start feeling stuck? What was it that caused you to experience being stuck? For some of you, I'm gonna tell you today that part of the reason you're stuck is because of a demonic affliction. And that's that's a reality that you have every bit of authority and power you need to deal with. But you've settled for a familiar spirit and figured, ah, this is just what I'd do. It's just stop it. Don't settle for being stuck. You want to know how to get unstuck? Surrender. Surrender the pain. God, I surrender the pain to you. Father, I surrender the regret to you. Father, I surrender the offendedness to you. Father, I surrender the laziness to you. Father, I surrender whatever it is. I surrender it to you. His capable hands will lift that from your life, and you will find yourself rising up. He lifts up the ones who humbly come to him. And so when you surrender, you are inviting the lifting power of the grace of God into your life. For someone, this is what you need to do today. Get unstuck. Do it through surrender. Bring your burden to the Lord. Verse 12, I got to keep going. He said, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I love how Paul says this, I press on (laughs) to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I believe that this this word of of Paul is a, a word indicative of what is possible for you as well. That You also have been taken hold of by Christ for a reason. So my question to you is this, has Jesus gotten a hold of you somehow? For real, no, every single one of you, if this is real for you, has Jesus gotten a hold of you? Just shout yes, yes. Yes. Well, then Christ has taken hold of you for a reason. And the reason includes so that you will go to heaven one day when you die, but it's not limited to that. Or he would have just snatched you there the moment you said yes to him, but he left you here to do something, to make a difference, to live for impact, to build kingdom, so do it. Direct your energy into destiny. That's what you are called to do. Christ has taken hold of you for a destiny. And that's a strong word, but it's a, it's a Jesus kind of word. It's what I think Paul is, is saying without using that exact word. I, he says, I'm going to press on for that which Christ Jesus has taken hold of me, yeah. to know him and make him known. And, and what about you? Could you say this? I direct my energy into destiny. Say it with me. I direct my energy into destiny. Say it one more time. I direct my energy into destiny. Can I show you what this doesn't look like? (laughs) Ask me how I know. But I'm I'm telling on myself, and, and I'm telling on you. And, and maybe yours, yours looks a little different than that. But I, I recognize, I, I feel a, a word from the Spirit to me about that kind of thing, about what's at stake, about what opportunities there are, about what impact is intended. And I can waste it by not directing my energy. Paul says, he, he says, I'm pressing on for that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of me. I think I'm looking at a whole lot of people who would say, you know, I do think Christ has taken hold of me. And maybe you're not quite as clear as Paul in what exactly that he did that for, but there's a reason. There is a Destiny, A a thing for which God has uniquely shaped and called you. Emblematic of this would be the prophet Jeremiah. And it's not only for Jeremiah. It's just emblematic of how God deals with his kids. And Jeremiah uh, says it like this in Jeremiah 1.5. God speaks to him and says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I set you apart, and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. This is how God deals with his sons and daughters. He says, I, I've gotten hold of you for a reason, and it's, it's for an impact that I want to bring into this world through you. It's for, it's for a way in which you have been uniquely designed to touch this world and bring a dent of my love and goodness and to put my glory on display. And so... Say it again, I direct my energy into destiny. Say it, I direct my energy into destiny. So let this be a guiding priority for this year. I'm choosing to let this be a guiding priority. What am I going to do? Am I doing that in this moment? Well, let's see. I'm going on my third hour of this show that I really enjoy watching. I'm directing my energy into Netflix. There's a time and place for everything, and there's a, there's a moment for good relaxing. But, but maybe I, I push past the threshold of what even makes sense way too often. And so I want this to be a guiding principle for my life. I direct my energy into destiny, not into the dump. Psalm 37, 23, it says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. And though they stumble, they'll never fall, for the Lord holds them by hand. This is how personally God wants to be involved and engaged in how you are directing your energy into destiny. Watch. When you begin... Haven't you some of you experienced this? When you've moved out of, instead of wasting your life, you've determined to direct your energy into the destiny God has for you. Haven't some of you had a sense of his power coming upon you and rising up within you so that the things begin to happen? Haven't some of you? Some people are clapping because they've experienced it. Others of you, you just need to know that there's a testimony around this room of the fact that it's true. When you begin to engage in your life with the value in which God has placed in it and understanding the value so that you work the value out, God recognizes how you are valuing what he's given you, and he comes alongside to bring it out in all the more redemption power. It's what he desires to do. I got to keep reading. Philippians 3.13 says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself, he's like, Let me just make sure that you've heard this. This whole, I haven't arrived and I'm not settling. I just want to make sure. Let me say it a third time. He says, brothers and sisters, I I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what ahead. We see Paul here who has a past. He has a past before Jesus where he was persecuting Christians, and that was bad enough. But he has a past too with moments like the moment where, uh, where he had to, to write a letter to the Corinthians and say, you got to kick that person out of the church, and I'm going to come and make sure that you did it. He had to get fierce. I bet you that was hanging. Moments like that are hard for a guy like Paul. It's part of his past. He has a moment in his past where a guy called Barnabas, who was a great servant of God, disagreed. they disagreed so bad, Barnabas and Mark. Mark, the gospel writer Mark, said, we're out. We're done with you, Paul. We can't, we can't even walk with you anymore. But he had some moments in his past that, that probably could have been like a cloud that would hang over him. But what I see Paul doing here in this moment is saying, I'm not going to let that happen. I'm not living under a cloud of shame from the things that were." I'm going to let the the past be the past. I put aside the past. That's the third calibration point that I hope you'll grab hold of for this new year. I put the past aside. Say it with me. I put the past aside. The thing that didn't go the way I wanted it to. The regret. The pain that was inflicted because of what they did that really was wrong. At a certain point, I put the past aside. Because if I don't, the past will put me aside, aside from the purpose God has for me. And so I want to to do that. Okay, so for me personally, I have a sort of a technique that, that works for me. Things come up from the past, choices I've made that I regret, or moments of damage that happened in relationships, labels and words and things that that hurt, right? All, all of that kind of stuff. And one day it's this one or one day it's that one. And those things come into my mind. And if, if, if I'm not careful, I'll let them come into my mind and become a full-blown movie inside of my mental movie screen. And it never does me any good. I have to put the past aside. And for me, the technique is this. That thing comes into my mind. And then I, this is what I do. I picture... A, a river with a little boat on it. And I just mentally say, oh, get in the boat. You know, so that person and that problem with that situation and the, the damage that was done and how it hurt me or whatever, get in the boat. And then the current of the river, it just floats away. And I watch it float away. And I mentally say, bye. <laughs> this is a, I know it sounds silly, and it might not work for everybody. But, but this, is a, this is a gift that God gave me that is helpful to me for being able to put the past aside so that it doesn't stay with me. That, that might be helpful to someone else. But let me say, Philippians three thirteen and 14 again. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Heavenward only in the NIV. Heavenward. Everybody say heavenward. 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 There's a direction and a trajectory of your life, redeemed, beloved son of, daughter of the most high God. The direction is, say it. Heavenward. Heavenward. And that direction has been established by God for you. And you can buck against it. You can try to deviate from it. You can muscle to this way and mess up to that way, but there is an ultimate priority of your heavenly father to keep on tugging you back to a heavenward direction. And when you finally allow yourself to line up with that, like you just stop wrestling against what God wants to do in bringing you heavenward, but instead, like Paul did, said, "No, this is my direction, heavenward there's a delight, there's a lightness, there's a fluidity, there's a power, there's a supernatural grace that happens to you, that lifts you, that carries a current of God and his presence and goodness through your life. This is what you're made for. Heavenward. Say it. Heavenward. Heavenward. And so my, my point here is to say this. I actively engage in what's ahead. Say it one more time. I actively engage in what's ahead. And what's ahead is heaven. Ultimately, what's ahead is heaven. And heaven is not just about sitting on a cloud and being a fat little baby and singing. It's not. Those are nice paintings from Raphael, right? But that's not it. Heaven When you begin to discover through the scriptures the reality of heaven, where it's a city, a a whole community, and everything that takes place in a city, and a community, ultimately is part of the reality of heaven, you know it's filled with purpose, you know it's filled with dignity, you know it's filled with assignment, and even though there's an ultimate eternal dimension to that heaven that we are moving towards, you get to begin to live like it right here and right now, heavenward, heavenward heavenward. A heavenward life is the life you're actually made for. So consider those gains again. What are those gains really going to do for you? If the gains that you're hoping for can be brought into the service of Jesus Christ, then they'll do a lot for you. They'll be a great part of your testimony But if they're just about you getting more and being bigger and whatever, that's all going to be lost one day. So you might as well line up with the heavenly thought now and decide, this is who I am. I'm a woman. I'm a man who is moving heavenward. And I actively engage in what's ahead. But that's also about what's ahead in your life this coming year. Actively engage. It's time to take the steps. I'll I'll go back just to remind you of that prophetic word that I shared. There's there's a key component there about you making the effort for the harvest that God is wanting to bring. So step into it. So let me put all these four uh, together all at once and rattle through them. I don't settle for being stuck. I direct my energy into destiny. I put aside the past, and I actively engage in what's ahead. I want you to just say this with me. Ready? Go. I don't settle for being stuck. I direct my energy into destiny. I put aside the past, and I actively engage in what's ahead. That's who I am. I'm taking my cue from the likes of the Apostle Paul, from whom these principles I've derived And this is what I do. I don't settle for being stuck. Say it all with me. I don't settle for being stuck. I direct my energy into destiny. I put aside the past and I actively engage in what's ahead. I think God's got good things ahead for you in this coming year. And it's time to put your shoulders back. It's time to establish some strength about you knowing it comes from God. And get ready to take hold. Get ready to take hold. Get ready to take hold. He's got a hold of you so that you can take a hold of something in your life. You are not made to just passively watch it all go by. There's too much goodness God wants to do in you, for you, and through you for that. Thank you, Lord. Ah, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, I pray that right now you would allow there to be um, a stirring in the spirit for us. As As a community of believers, a stirring in the spirit. To be people that would say, yes, I I do walk by the power of of God in my life. Lord, I pray that you would allow us in this moment to experience more of you. And we say together, I want to know Christ. This is is our resolve above every other resolution. I want to know Christ more. Really. I want to know Christ. Somebody... While we're we're sitting here together, you made your way to a church service on, on New Year's Day, and there's a likelihood that for a couple of us, what God really wants you to do is to, once and for all, begin walking with Jesus. And this is something you freely choose. It's not forced on you, but... When you, when you say yes to Jesus, you say, yes, I, I'm asking you to forgive my sin, and yes, I'm asking you to guide my life and be the Lord of my life. You're saying, Jesus, I give you my life. He takes hold of you, and you are reborn. That re- being reborn is pivotal. It's instrumental, and if you've never been born again... This is what you need more than anything, to be born again. You, you will be, if you are born again, in a new state. A state of humanity covered and loved. And if you're reborn, if you're born again, you'll be like a, a baby for a while. And that's okay. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot to grow into. That's what, that's what that language Gives us insight about that we shouldn't expect that because I raised my hand suddenly everything's gonna be perfect. No, you probably have a lot of growing up to do and things to learn and figure out. Like you might have to learn how to walk in a new way. It's part of it. And I'm praying for somebody that right now this would be the moment that you would finally say, I want to be born again. I want, I don't want to stay in the life that I've been in, marked by shame, marked by sin, marked by guilt. I just don't want it anymore. I want the new life that Jesus Christ offers. If you earnestly would say, I do, I want that. I want to ask Jesus to forgive my sin and save my life. Would you just right now raise your hand up really high? Just raise it up as your way of saying, I know that I want to ask Jesus to forgive my sin and save my life. I need you to raise your hand really high. I want to make sure I can connect with you and see you. Keep it up for a moment. Just keep it up for a little while. Thank you. In the back of my right, sir, I see you. In the front and my left, I see you, sir. Keep your hand up. I don't want to miss you, okay? If there's anyone else, I just want to make sure we can connect and pray. On my uh, right in the back. Yeah, and uh, the middle in the back over here. And uh, if you're joining us online, I want you to just simply type into the comments. That's me. I want to say yes to Jesus. And uh, our ministry team is coming to you right now to give you a Bible. We want to help you get connected in this church body so that you can grow and while we're uh, connecting with you would you pray even in this moment and some of you that just had your hand raised you can pray and say something like this jesus christ i give you my life jesus i turn from my sin i repent and jesus i'm asking for the gift of salvation just say it to him jesus christ i believe in you would you forgive my sins and save my life just ask him jesus Would you come be the Lord of my life? I need you. And that's what he's doing in this moment. He's bringing about new life. New life. New life. Church, I'm excited when there's four or five people that say yes to Jesus and ask for his gift of salvation. Thank you. So, uh, one thing I need to do, this is quirky pastor John Day I guess cuz I shared a prophetic word and now I'm going to blow the shofar. Okay, so let me explain. We're Christians, but we we come from a long line of people of God who who did all kinds of crazy things. Like march around a city doing nothing but blowing these things and watching victory come. And so for me there's a way in which when I blow the shofar It is in itself prayer. Beyond words, I can't explain it to you. I just know that it's the reality. I pray this prayer actually every week. Usually I do it when you're not here. (laughs) But for some of you, you need to hear the sound of the shofar. You need to let your ears and your your body even be hit with the blast of the prayer that comes from of old. And so I want to just Pray this prayer a couple times, and you might need to stop playing because it won't sound good, probably. One more time. I know for some of you, you're going, what is going on? I, I need you to know, if you read your Bible, the shofar, the ram's horn, for some reason has this unique place among the community of God's people. Because chains get broken when this kind of prayer is prayed. So one more time, this time, I, I don't want you to even clap. I, I just want you to let the sound of this prayer Resonate for a minute. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, we commend ourselves to you. We're earnestly desiring to know Christ in every way, in every way, in every way. I I, I want us to take one moment. I know this is a little long, but Lord, we're asking for healing. For some of us, there's a desperation that we're carrying because of a need for healing. And I want to ask, Lord, that you would allow 2023 to be marked by mm, supernatural healing in our church. Jesus, you seemed to make that a priority when you went around and you prayed for people and fevers were broken and blindness was healed and leprosy was healed. And So Jesus, we just say yes. Knowing you, Jesus, that's one of the things I want to know more about you. And so I pray, Father, for healing in our congregation, in this room, even at home, and in CP Youth, and in CP Kids. I want to ask, Lord, that you would allow this whole place, this gathering of us, to be more and more a place marked by supernatural healing. And Lord, for the moments where we ask and we don't see it, God, would you give us an increased measure of faith to keep pressing in? and to receive the miracle of perseverance when that's what you're doing. But Lord, I pray for more and more instances of your healing power coming. So Lord, is there anything right now that you want to bring a a touch of healing for? Anything in particular, Lord, that that you want to touch right now uh, that we could experience your hand for? Okay, so the first word of knowledge that came to me is uh, migraine headache and for somebody, you didn't even wanna be here today, but here you are, and it's been pounding, but you've sat through this time, and I believe God wants to heal the migraine. For others of you, you don't have it right now, but you're just afraid of whenever the next one's gonna come. And let's, let's believe that the Lord wants to bring healing for that. If that's you, either case, Migraine headaches is the deal. You need God to touch you and heal you. Would you just raise your hand? If you know, that's me, I need God to touch me and heal me. Migraine headaches are my battle, my struggle, right now or ongoing. Keep your hand up for a moment. There's a, a couple over here, here and here. John and our prayer team are coming towards you and the, the minute they've started walking and you started raising your hand, I believe God has been on the move. Over in the chapel also, in the far in the very back, Someone else could head that way from our ministry team. So when, when we seek God for a word of knowledge about he- healing, out of all the things that need a touch from God, for some reason the spirit is saying, this one. And I cannot explain to you why. I just know that m- my faith calls me to obey and step out and say, okay, that one. But I think it's, it's like it opens the door for all other kinds of healing God wants to do. And so thank you, Lord, for your healing. I pray, God, that you would do it even right now, that the uh, migraines would be alleviated in this very instance and for the months and year to come. Total healing from migraine. We believe you for that, God. We trust you for it. Thank you, Lord. Others of you, at the end of this time of, uh, of gathering, Come up to the front, and our prayer team's going to be up here ready to pray for you. But I pray God's blessing over you for this, com- this coming year. He Touch your life in every way you need it.